You're the name of a 
When I can't see my way through 
Break through in my soul, break through in my weakness, break through in my weakness, break through in my strength, break through in my strength, break through in my weakness, break through in my strength, break through in my weakness, break through in my strength, break through in my weakness, break through in my strength, break through in my weakness, break through in my strength, break through
just we're not just saying that we're safe in his name he said that in his word he said that he is a strong tower and that the righteous run to him and are safe and if you if because of Jesus you are righteous regardless of what faults you have regardless of what failures you've made regardless of what sin you are righteous because of Jesus Christ the righteous run to him and are safe he gives us that promise that we are safe and so much of my life I have not felt safe but when the Lord himself speaks those words and says that his name his name is a strong tower a strong tower and that I can run to him I am safe thank you God thank you Abba that you are safe that we don't have to be afraid to run to you no matter what has happened we don't have to be afraid to run to you you're not angry with us you're not holding our sins against us you are safe and we can run to you where else is there to run right where else can we go but to his name yes to his arms there's no other place that we'd rather be god than in your
that story is that he didn't lose any bit of his position on who he was originally, right? Doesn't matter how long he was gone, doesn't matter what he did, but he didn't have to start over. He didn't have to come back and his dad say, okay, I'm gonna have to start you down here and you're gonna have to earn my trust again. He says, I'm gonna get him the ring, get him the robe, let's go, right? And I believe this is what I heard earlier and I didn't come up to interrupt and God wouldn't let me just pass it by. So he was showing me that there was, um, you were singing where we were talking about um, when I thought I lost me, right? And then says, you found me, right? So, so where you thought you lost yourself and you kept going, he's never left you. But what he says is, I picked you up at that point and I put you back together. He goes, and what you got to realize is when he puts you back together, that thing that binds you together, the glue that holds you together, what comes back together is stronger than the original piece. So what he says is, I picked you up and I put you back together, right? And now I made you something stronger and better. But here's the thing. He was telling me that because there's somebody in here or several people that believe that, that they lost position because they walked away from him. And not that they walked away from him intentionally, it was a drifting away. And he just kept showing me that, that they were like, I, if you found me, then put me back together. But he says, I'm going to, because I never lost you. You lost you. You forgot who you were. You forgot your identity. You forgot. He goes, but I've never left you and I found you and I'm putting you back together. And so you don't have to be, you don't have to be fearful of him in the way that you think that you've not lost ground in your walk with him. He's saying you've lost no ground. In fact, I, I, I'm going to elevate you. I'm going to elevate you over where you originally were. Because somebody's fearful about, like they, they fell backwards to a point where they got to start over. And he said, no, 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 I picked you up right where you left off. Like how close we were in that moment, how you rested at my feet and I wrapped you in my arms. And then stuff happens and life happens and you wander away. He goes, you don't have to start over at the bottom. I put you right back where you belong. I put you right back in the same place. And man, he's going to escalate. He's just going to, man, he's putting you back together stronger. So you need to hear that this morning. He just wouldn't let me bypass that. So we just got to believe that this morning that in this, you know, that we, we live a life we live in a world and things happen man and you can uh, your faith can can go back and forth and things happen in life but man he is always with us he's never gonna leave us never gonna forsake us he's just waiting on you to open your arms he's just waiting on you to invite him back in he's just waiting on you mm, to get over yourself <laughs> and welcome him back in So, Father, we just believe that this morning. We come running back to you, Lord, just like the prodigal son, Lord, and you're there. You're meeting us at the gate. You're actually running to us. We don't even have to search for you. You found us. So I thank you, Father, that we don't have to, man, figure this thing out to where we've got to have it all right and we've got to read the Bible this much and we've got to say the right prayer and we've got to do the right thing all the time, but that we can turn and focus our gaze on you and your love will saturate us and surround us and bring us right back into position where we need to be. Mm. Thank you, Father, that you love us like that. Thank you that you care about us like that.
Are you done eating? Check, check, check. Check. Okay. Check. There we go. That's awesome. Let's give it up for production. They're awesome this morning. <laughs> Jacob's like, yes. How's everybody doing? Okay, that was good. I'm like, you're the crowd I love, you know, because y'all came in like right after Thanksgiving and right after the Iron Bowl. So that means that you're, you're the crowd I love, which is good. So, so how are you guys doing this morning? Act like you want to be here. Come on. <laughs> it's a good place to be on a Sunday morning now. Come on. Man, so good. So good to have y'all. It's a, man, it's been a good morning so far. We're just a, I'm just going to let God roll with this one this morning. It's been a, it's been a great morning, actually. So um, if you're new here, uh, welcome. And do me a favor, fill out a Connect card for us. That lets us know that you came in, and we can actually reach out to you and pray for you and uh, talk to you about the church. If you hadn't done that in a while, fill one out um, just so we can make sure you're in the system. It kind of kicks you out after so long, and, it, and then you don't get all the information that we want to give you. Uh, so take some time, fill that out. Uh, there will be one on the screen, or there will be one... Um, Oh, my wife's in production. Hi, baby. Look, if I'm looking back there the whole sermon, that's just, y'all just have to get over it. I'm, she's usually right there and I get to stare at her. I'm going to gravitate to this side, huh, baby. How you doing? <laughs> Got to suck it in when I walk around my wife. <laughs> Come on. Well, man, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm just going to kind of run through some stuff. You want information about our church, you can go to our website or you can actually uh, download the app. We'll have that up on the screen. Man, come on, easily trained. I love it. So quick, perfect, right there. You can download that, scan that. That'll give you our app. All the information's on the app. You can do, uh, you can sign up for events. It talks about all the events, has all the sermons, has all the information about the church. Everything's out there. Um, so please go to that. We have our kingdom classes coming up. Uh, today was a great day. We had a class today was how to read the Bible. Um, and the teacher was phenomenal. Like, I don't know. I did not want to leave. Like he just, he drew me in this morning and I was just like, yes, you're so good. And then I was like, oh, we got to go. Cause we have a sermon still, it was really good. We actually packed the house over there. It was pretty full. I was pretty impressed. So thank you all for coming out. Really good though. A lot of good information flowing about different ways to read the Bible and how people prefer to read the Bible and how to study the Bible. And, and we just kind of threw all that stuff together because we realized our kingdom classes are for things that we don't always talk about on a Sunday morning, but they're things that people have questions about, right? And, and so if you didn't know that, there's like, there's a huge percentage of Christians that have never read the whole Bible. That's true. So, so usually you don't read it because you just don't know how to read it. You're, you've never been, you know, for me, I, I don't know, I'll just talk about it for a second because y'all weren't there. <laughs> no, but for me, like when I first read the Bible, I had no clue, you know, and it wasn't interesting. I picked it up and said, I'm going to read it. And I put it down. I was like, that is boring. I didn't know how to read it. I didn't know what to read. I didn't know, I didn't know I could change translations. So I found a translation that I could actually understand and I read that and then I studied that and then never put it down and then you just get a whole bunch more that goes into that. But once you understand the formula to that to where it actually draws you in, man, you don't ever want to put it down. So don't get discouraged. If you picked up the Bible because somebody threw, I'll just use it, somebody threw a King James Bible at you and said, here, read this and you opened it up and went, 
I don't know what that means. And you put it down, you said, the Bible's not for me. No, like stop, like that's not true. Okay, please research it, come talk to us. Let, let us help you with that. Let us show you a way to read it. Get a different translation, something you can actually read. Um, because man, if you don't like it, you won't read it. All right, so that's the key to reading the Bible. Find one that you like. Um, and then we'll read it. Then you'll get into studying it and then you, can, then you can verify everything and all that stuff. But anyway, Kingdom class is coming up. We have uh, next week is Meet the Family. So if you've never met our staff, our elders, our trustees, what a great opportunity. Come on out next weekend, nine o'clock over in the annex. Great opportunity to sit down and hear about vision, talk to everybody, ask questions about who we are, what we do and all those things. So we get to do that. That's Meet the Family next Sunday. Uh, the following week after that, December 10th, is how King David... Uh, how King David's promises affect you today with Darlene Davis. Darlene, are you here this morning? She's not here this morning. Man, this, I was so excited about this because she's stepping out. I love it when somebody wants to step out and go, okay. She's been doing a small group on from um, shepherd to king. And this is gonna be a good one where she kind of wraps it all up. So be there for that, support her and, and that teaching, which would be amazing. And December 17th, the secret place uh, continued with Ryan and Al Allison. So we got them. And then December 24th, there's going to be nothing. So nothing. Um, but yeah, that's our, our kingdom classes. Uh, some real quick information about stuff going on here. Uh, as always, get with Kevin if you want to. If you're ever free on Thursdays, we have cleanup crews on Thursdays that we take care of the church, clean up the church, do all kinds of stuff. If you're free on Thursday mornings, get with Kevin. He's putting together a team of people to help take care of the property. Uh, we also have on the 30th, which is this upcoming Thursday, correct? Thank you, I don't have a calendar. This upcoming Thursday, we're doing the Christmas tree lighting in Millbrook Park. So we were asked to do the live nativity scene, uh, which we did last year. Tammy's gonna be heading that up. It was phenomenal. We did it last year in like, I don't know, like an hour notice. We're like, Tammy, do you have anything? And then we show up with shepherds and we're like, what? Like who carries all that stuff with them all the time? So, but they loved it so much, they invited us back this year. So we're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna actually, we'll be running all the, we're gonna be doing the music, right? Our worship team's gonna be there, <laughs> Ryan's smiling. We're, we're gonna lead uh, in caroling and worship. They said caroling, but to me, that's worship. Right, that's what I think. So we're gonna lead in all that stuff. And then I'm gonna share a story about uh, uh, the birth of Jesus and all that good stuff, and we're going to light a tree. But it's going to be really fun. The, the town has decided to include us in all that, which is absolutely awesome, being the fact that God's kind of released the city to us, if you hadn't figured that one out yet. So every time, every time something comes up, they're contacting us going, can you guys do that? Can you do that? Sure. Which is how we got into the schools. It's how we've been in the park. It's how we're going into the prisons. It's all that stuff put together. Um, he's just, if we walk in obedience and say yes, he honors it. And that's how it works. And he'll continue to do that. And we give an, an opportunity to help just radically change a city, which is where it all starts. And the cool part is, is because God didn't say this is just our city. He just said, we got to take care of the city first. He says, once you take care of the city, once you take care of your backyard, once you take care of the land I gave you, then I'm going to open the gates and then we're going to be able to take care of other things. But it starts with our own city. So we need to stick with that. We need to understand that what we're doing in Millbrook means a big deal, especially to God let alone everybody else. Because this last week, I think we went down and fed people for Thanksgiving meals. We had a big week, man. It was, there's always something going on with everything else going on in your own lives. We were taking care of other people. So thank you to everybody that went out and helped feed um, through the Bread of Life and, and the Welcome Center, just blessing people with Thanksgiving dinner. 
uh, was made. They said it was like 300 and some odd people got fed. So um, that's huge. So thank you so much for that. Um, December 3rd is our baptism Sunday. So December 3rd, that's next weekend, right? So if you hadn't been baptized, that's the next step for you, right? So that's the next process, uh, you know, go into the world and baptize everybody in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? So we're, we're baptizing people, uh, which is huge. So that's the next step in faith. Now, for some of you, that might be the first time you do it. For others, man, you might've stepped away. Maybe you lost yourself and God put you back together. Like it all's gonna go right into worship, right? And he puts you back together and you're like, I'm ready to proclaim that faith again to everybody. I want everybody to know I'm changed. I'm new. You can do that again. So you can't say, well, man, like I got baptized when I was three and I'll never get to experience it because I had no clue what I was doing that's okay. You can get baptized again and you can, you can declare that and we can just baptize you here and celebrate what God's doing in your life. Um, the 17th of December is ugly Christmas sweater Sunday. Come on. We do give out prize for, for first place and everything, but come dressed up like you're with your favorite ugly Christmas. Like we're going to have fun in church y'all. Like I do not want to look out here and look at everybody frown. I want to look out and see the ugliest sweaters ever. Right? And, and Holly usually comes decked out with some stuff. Like, I don't, you know, she's up on the cameras, but she's usually dressed like a present or something. It's got to be a sweater. <laughs> no, it's good. It, so it's awesome, though. Come, come with your favorite outfit, your, your, whatever it is, and let's celebrate the season. That'll be our last Sunday, uh, not for the, new, for the whole year, but we're not doing Christmas. So the next weekend is Christmas Eve. We're doing no service on Christmas Eve, the 24th, which is a Sunday. Okay, so I think we have a slide for that. It's okay. Just remember this, the 24th, Christmas Eve, you don't have to figure out how you're getting to church and how you're gonna take care of everything and how you're gonna spend time with the family. And then, well, if I wanna go to church, but if I don't go to church, I'm gonna miss out on something because I really wanna be at church. So we literally just said no church that Sunday. So it's Christmas season, spend time with your family, spend time. And if you don't have family around, come spend family time with us because we open our house up, our kids will be, and we're gonna have everything. We'll, we'll welcome y'all into our house. We don't care. Um, but the point is, is don't show up here. <laughs> if you show up here, you're gonna be like, where's everybody? <laughs> you can let us know, I'll buzz you in. You can come on in and worship and pray and do whatever you want, but I'm not gonna be here. And I don't think the worship team will either, right? <laughs> Ryan's like, I'll go wherever you want me to go. <laughs> But yeah, so no service on Sunday the 24th. Uh, and that leads us to the, the next Sunday, which is New Year's Eve. Um, come on, New Year's Eve, Sunday to <laughs> September 31st. We're gonna usher in the new year, but we're not doing it in the morning. So don't show up at 10 o'clock. So look, that's gonna, I know, you guys are gonna really have to pay attention to social media or your app. Show up at 6 p.m. So we're gonna do a service at 6 p.m. We're planning it from six to nine who knows how long that'll go. But the point is you can, you can actually get out here. Let's usher in the new year. Let's worship in the new year. And then you'll still have time to get out and go with, if you want to go hang out with family or do whatever you want to do, you're not missing out on that. But it's a great opportunity to do an evening service here and just let's see what God wants to do. So you get to sleep in Sunday morning to prepare for Sunday evening. There you go. We're thinking about you all the time. I love it. So New Year's Eve service, 6 p.m. And then uh, real quick for way ahead of times. So we've got uh, January 26th. Here you go. There it is. The, mid, the med not so evil times, 
right? So it's not so evil times, but every year, if you're new to the family, we do a big family gathering once a year where we all come out and just celebrate what God's doing, right? And it's always a theme. Last year was a hoedown throwdown, right? We had, we had everything going. We had a, a mechanical bowl. We were doing all kinds of stuff in here, right? Everybody came dressed with their boots and cowboy hats, and it was fun. This year, it's the mid-not-so-evil times. So we're going to go back to medieval times, Renaissance. Now, you don't have to dress up, but I challenge you, let's have fun with this. We're going to celebrate. Why not have fun in church? Come on out. We're going to honor people who've just done amazing jobs and help serve and all that stuff, but we're going to have a good time. I think we're going to have one of those big blow-up jousting things where we get to hit each other with big giant Q-tips. Yeah. Yeah, everybody clap with that one because I want to get some people out there. I owe some guys. I, I see we have twin towers in the room, and I just think, I want to get a chance with a Q-tip on you back there. <laughs> I'm always, I have competition in my head somewhere. I don't know. If you ever want a shot at the pastor, show up. We don't gamble here, but we'll make some wages. <laughs> See if I can take a punch with a Q-tip. It'll be fun. <laughs> come on out. We're gonna, it's going to be awesome. And we're going to have great food, great times. Uh, come dressed up. We'll probably do, we have prizes, all kinds of fun stuff. We're just going to celebrate, y'all. We're going to celebrate what God did. We never want to forget what God's been doing in us and through us. And we do that by celebrating and having a good time with that and enjoying each other as a family. That's big. Um, and the last, look at, these are a lot of information, but because we're going to miss a couple of weeks, I'll throw it out there. Company of Believers. Um, we have Company of Believers Gathering, which is going to be in February. So there's a little code up there if you can scan it. There is registration. It's just a heads up. It's going to be the 2nd and 3rd and 4th of February. So if you want to be part of the Company of Believers with that gathering with Brother Bo uh, and the Company of Believers, which is a gathering of churches from all over the place, we come, they come in and, and they meet over courts of praise um, down here in Elmore. Uh, opportunity to uh, it's a lot of leadership teaching and gathering and worship. So uh, they are doing a registration. It doesn't cost anything, but it's a registration so they know how many people are coming. So it's right there. You can sign up for that. Uh, we'll have those signs out and you can do that online uh, whenever you need to. All right. Uh, Father, we love you. <laughs> we thank you, Lord. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you're already doing in this house. So touch my lips, Father God, work in my heart. Let it be all of you, none of me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Whew, man, I, we were talking about the Bible so much this morning. It was fun. I really enjoy talking about the Bible, y'all. Um, I love reading out of the Bible, too. It's amazing. Um, but I'm going to have to read off my iPad today because my glasses are in my... <laughs> good thing is I have an iPad so I can see it. So everybody had a good Thanksgiving? Yep, good time. Families and friends, right? Family and friends, good times. Any not-so-good times? <laughs> Y'all lying. <laughs> Y'all lying. You're lying. You're lying. No. <laughs> You're like, no, everything was beautiful and wonderful. It was perfect just the way we wanted. I, I, I realize how much we have to stop reflecting and be thankful. So when times like Thanksgiving comes along, I just really start to reflect back on everything that's happened in my life and everything God's doing in my family and in this church and everything. It's a great time to be thankful. That's what this season is. So I'm challenging you with that. If you didn't take, if you didn't take a break from the hustle and the bustle, really sit down and start asking God to reveal to you some of the things he's done in your life. And you can be really thankful. No matter what season you're in, you can be really thankful uh, for things that he's done. And that's kind of what he did with us. It was awesome. We got to uh, get a little bit of insight to what we did, but we drove all the way out to uh, Augusta to be with my son and his wife because they couldn't come out for Thanksgiving. So we had Thanksgiving on a Tuesday. 
out there. And then we drove back out here and had Thanksgiving uh, with the rest of the family, which was my daughter and my grandbaby and her husband, not my grandbaby's husband, my daughter and her husband is a grandbaby, not that old. Um, then we had everybody in the house there. I had a, my brother and his wife that I hadn't seen in a year came into town. And we had Kevin and Crystal and our church family there. And um, who else? Burr. Who else? And Ava. <laughs> is that it? And Cassie. Yes. Cass- Sorry, Cass. I know you're not watching. Okay, so... <laughs> My daughter Cassidy came in. It was awesome. So we got to celebrate times. But what I realized is as I was sitting there watching and looking around, I just started remembering all the stuff that God's done in our family and how he's brought us through so much stuff and, and all that. And I just started getting really thankful. Um, and, it, and there's chaos in these moments. I don't know if you ever had big families in the house, but things go wrong. Things break. There's noise. You know, I realized that my grandbaby is really loud. And so the whole time she's screaming and, and stuff like that, I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't know how to stop it. Thank you, Lord. This is amazing, right? But either way, I reflect. And what was really neat is I hadn't seen my brother in a while, but he brought in this picture frame. You ever seen those old picture frames you used to put on the wall with the circles, like ovals and squares and stuff, right? He brought that from my mom's house. He had to go down and clean up my mom's house, um, and get all her belongings out. So he brought that home to me and he brought it with other pictures, but I started looking at that and it, and cause I hadn't seen him in a year, but so he brought that and I'm going, I started thinking back cause there are some pictures of me when my oldest daughter was born 29 years ago. And I'm just looking at it going, I was a train wreck and I was so young and I didn't know what I was doing. And I remember in my mind at those times, how chaotic everything was. And I'm like, I had no answers and I was scared of things and we didn't have any money. I'm going, whew. But then I got to be thankful in that because then I got to look back and go, but God, you got us through, even though I didn't know you. See, see, there's a difference. I, I didn't worship him the way I worship him now. I didn't know him, but man, I, I look back and I said, man, you got us through those times and we're thankful for that. We were, we we're just completely thankful that, that, that everything just kind of lined up the way he wanted it to. So that's what I like to do when we get into these holidays is focus on that, is just spend time and be thankful even in the bad times. Even in the bad times, even when things didn't go right, we need to be thankful. We really do. And there's, there's lots of this. We've been in a study. Uh, if you hadn't been here for the series so far, this is the third week of, of our series. And it's really talking about God's dreams and how much bigger they are than our dreams. But unfortunately, sometimes God's dreams don't kind of happen the way we think they should happen. And it takes longer and all that stuff. And we're like, wow. So I started talking about Joseph. All right, so I've been in the Bible talking about Joseph and everything he went through because he had dreams of ruling and all this and nobody knew how. So his brothers sold him into slavery and then he went into slavery and things didn't work out there. And then he ended up in prison and spent 12 years in prison and things didn't work out there. And then they did work out there. And then he ends up, you know, like second in charge. Does everybody remember the story? That was for the people that weren't here. This way they could catch up. But yeah, he was sold in. And so here he is in prison and he could have made every excuse along the way. He had a vision, he had a dream. God had purpose for him, but the journey wasn't the way he thought it was supposed to be. So sometimes we have to learn how to praise God and be thankful for everything he's doing through the journey. Because see, he, was, he, he saw himself, everybody bowing down to him. But he's seeing that while he's in a cistern, while he's in slavery, while he's in prison, 
He's still like, but God, how am I supposed to be the one that everybody's bowing down to? But instead of getting frustrated with that, instead of like, you know, I don't know about you, but I've got a temper. So, you know, if somebody does something like that to me, I'm probably not going to talk to you. If you throw me in a cistern, I'm not talking to you. And I'm not going to do anything favorable with you. (laughs) Right? But not him. Like Joseph went through this. Uh, And it wasn't that he didn't feel things, because as you read through that story, it his brothers say, well, you were pretty much screaming and shouting and fighting when we threw you in there. But the point was of this whole thing is that he could have made excuses why he couldn't do anything, but he was, why he couldn't treat people the right way, why he couldn't be thankful. But the whole time he was on this journey, the whole time he was walking this out, no matter how bad it was, he was thankful and he praised the Lord because it always says the Lord was with him. I'm telling you, if you don't praise the Lord and worship the Lord and spend time with the Lord. And if you're not thankful, then chances are the Lord's not with you. But he was so with him that everybody saw it on him, right? And everybody he came in contact with, their life got better, right? Potiphar's like, my whole house is good because of this guy. I don't, you know, God's all over him. I'm good, right? So that's what's going on. So in everything he did, everything he touched, it was there. So we have to be thankful in the journey because the dream's great but the journey is sometimes difficult, all right? So, and I, I can apply that to a lot of things. I can apply that to, to my own walk in my own life. I can apply that to this church. We can apply that to so many things in our lives if you just think about that. The dream looks so good, but the journey just, man, there's a wilderness, there's a path, there's something you're gonna have to go through. And sometimes we give up in the journey and we never get to see the dream, all right? But as we're going through the journey, we're supposed to be faithful. We're supposed to be thankful. We're supposed to, you know, praise God and, and, and worship him. And, and if you do that, you know, that's the cool part about thanksgiving and being thankful is that when you're thankful and when you're constantly in thanks and you're constantly thanking him, there's peace. See, you thank him because of what's happened in your past and what he got you through. And that brings you peace that'll always be there in the future. Does that make sense? All right, you guys tracking? I'm gonna go all over the place because it's been a good morning. But the other thing is, don't forget how great God is and what he gets you through and how he got you through it. Because see, some of us, we'll get to the other side of the dream and we'll forget where we came from. Right? You'll get to the other side of the dream and you'll start thinking, man, this is great. Like, look at this. And you totally forget about all the promises and everything God did for you when you weren't there and the people that were there and the people that had part in your life when you were there that were put in positions in your life in those seasons to get you to the next spot. But when you get to that spot, you tend to just go, I've arrived. (laughs) I I think someone always told me like, don't worry, you've never arrived. But that's my favorite part about my GPS when it says you've arrived. I'm like, yes, I've arrived. (laughs) Finally, everybody said I would never arrive. Um, But my GPS tells me all the time. But don't forget how you got that. This is funny, my my son went, we went out to visit him, like I said, for Thanksgiving, and he had just come back from Charlotte because he went up there to a Cowboys game um, at, uh, when they played the Panthers. Any Panther fans in here? Good. All right. So he went to that game, and while he was there, it was awesome because he goes, uh, they went down, and one of the players on the Cowboys played with my son. So my son was the quarterback, and he played on the team, and they're friends. So he got to walk down to after the game, and he didn't have a pass, so they wouldn't let him in. But he said, that's family. And they FaceTimed the guy, and the guy let him in. 
and told the guy, hey, let him in, that's family. So they got to spend time together and hang out and he got to hang out with all the other, you know, all the players around and stuff. He said it was really cool, but the good part was that guy didn't forget where he came from. See, that guy didn't forget that, that man, we spent time in the trenches when I had nothing and, and I came out of nothing and we did life together. And they didn't forget that even though he's a big guy now. You know, he didn't forget that moment. And sometimes we got to remember that, that as we're going through this, sometimes we're going to walk out on the other side and it's going to start to look lighter and brighter. And we're like, yes. And we want to leave everything else behind. But you got to, don't forget that there's people that impacted your life that you need to pull along with you. You need to, to, to remember them. You need to celebrate them. You need to, to think about them. Because along the path, I think everybody, we have this journey. And I don't think that on our journey, I don't think that if it's really God's plan, we can mess up the end result. But I think the decisions we make in the journey can determine what path we go down to get to the end result. Does that make sense? I'm trying to put this, it's in my head and I'm trying to get it out of my mouth. All right, so... I guess the, the point is, is that if God really wants us to do something and we're obeying him, we're going to have multiple decisions to make along the way, just like Joseph did. I look at Joseph's life. You know, he knew where he was supposed to be. He knew the dream he had. But along the way, he had to do several little things. Like he had to be nice to people. He had to interpret dreams for people. He had to do all these things along the way that if he would have said no, would have shifted his path right? He could have taken the easy path. Because if I'm locked up, I'm taking the easy path. I'm be like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't care about you. I just want to get out of this place, right? But he wasn't taking that path. He was being obedient. He was serving the master. He was doing all this thing and he was being put in charge, but he was taking care of people along the way, right? And he was choosing the more narrow path. And I love that. Uh, I love that because the path we go on makes a difference. And the scripture for that, if you go to Matthew 7, uh, 13 through 14. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. I love how this one reads out of the Passion, but it's pretty much the same anywhere you go. It says, uh, in verse three, it says, enter through the narrow gate because the wide gate and broad path is the way that leads to the destruction. Nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. The narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life. So, so few even find it. You know, I can think of a lot of things that applies to in our walk. There's a lot of ways to deal with situations. And that wide path can lead to destruction if you just jump on it. But it looks like that's where everybody else is going. You know, you ask for advice from the wrong people, they'll tell you to go that way. Get on that path, leads to destruction. He says, take the narrow path. It's a difficult path. It's hard to do what God wants you to do sometimes because it goes against everything about our culture and our world. It doesn't make sense. Like some stuff will. I'm not saying everything he tells you to do won't make sense. What I'm saying is that he's going to ask us to do things that just don't make sense. And we got to be willing to say yes. And, and it's a narrow path. And sometimes you're pioneering the path. Sometimes you're cutting down the trees. Sometimes you're the only one out there. Right? And I think I said this a couple weeks ago. That's the difference between using a, a, a map and using a compass. Right? If I'm going on a journey and I'm using a map, it's because somebody else had been there before and they wrote a map. But if I'm using a compass and that's the only way to get where I need to go, it's because I'm pioneering it. 
and he's going to be my compass. And wherever he tells me to go, I got to trust the compass, not the map, because he wants to put us in places that nobody else has done and go places nobody else has gone and do things nobody else has done. It's just what he wants to do. And that's a narrow path because it is sometimes so hard to stay on it because it's the, the society comes at you and the world comes at you and it doesn't look right. It doesn't look right to anybody else but you. And you're just like, please, somebody support me in this, <laughs> right? You ever been there where you're like, I know this is the right thing to do, and it just doesn't make sense to anybody else. And you're just looking for somebody to go, giddy up, you got this. It's good. Just, just go. And I think we all have to face those decisions in life. And, and that journey is important. How we do this is important. So think about those little steps along the way. I mean, I think about that with Joseph. He could have done things totally different. I mean, you, he got thrown in prison, right? Because he didn't sleep with Potiphar's wife. He could have slept with her. He would have still been in prison or dead, right? But he chose not to. So he took the narrow path where most people wouldn't have done that. But he still ended up in prison. Like, that doesn't make any sense. But it's where God needed him. God was like, don't worry, I got this. Trust me. And he was like, yeah. I'm doing everything right, Lord. I ran away from her. She stole my jacket. <laughs> like, I don't even get to keep my own jacket and I'm in prison. And he's like, but just trust me. Be thankful right now because I'm gonna bring some people to you that's gonna set you up for what I'm about ready to do in the future. But he didn't know that. I mean, think about this. We get to read books about this stuff and understand this stuff. And, and we're reading the Bible going, yeah, that could happen with me. He had nothing. He had a relationship and that's it. He didn't get to go back in the Bible and say, well, if I just do what Joseph did, he's Joseph. <laughs> he's like, tell me somewhere. He didn't have, probably had no relatives that went through this. Right? All his relatives sold him into slavery anyway. He had nothing to go back on other than his faith. And then he follows God, does what he says, and ends up in prison. The narrow path. Nobody wants to take it. But in that, what's he do? He helps the cupbearer. Right? So what happens is, remember, you guys know the story, the cupbearer and the, I think it's a baker guy. <laughs> they get thrown in prison with him. He reads their dreams. One dies, one lives. Right? And then he tells the cupbearer, he's like, you're going to live. Don't worry. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And just remember me is all he says. Just remember to tell Pharaoh who I am. I'm the amazing dream reading guy. And he goes and forgets about him for two years. Ah, I mean... This guy kept going. Like, and this is Joseph going and going. He's like the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps going and going and going and going and going, believing and believing and believing, doing what's right and getting horrible results. Man, sounds like a dream sometimes. <laughs> sounds like a dream God gives you sometimes when he says you're supposed to be doing this and all you do is try to pursue that, but everything is a door shutting and everything is something. And you're just like, do I just give up? Is it really worth it? And he's saying it's worth it because I gave you the dream. Pursue the dream. Seek me first, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else, right? He says, so seek me first, let's go. He goes, just trust me in this. It's not gonna feel right sometimes. And that's what some of these dreams are all about. But the good part about him is that the cupbearer finally remembers, right? And he gets invited um, to go up to see Pharaoh. All right, because Pharaoh's like, I need somebody to interpret a dream and nobody can do it. 
So when I read that, I, I think about, uh, we'll go to Genesis 41. This is picking up the story of Joseph. I'm just going to read through it really quick because I do want to share something and then we'll get out of here. Um, Genesis 41, 15 and 16. And this is after Pharaoh calls up Joseph. So he, he asked him to come out of the prison. Um, and he says, I need to share a dream. So it says, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night and no one here can tell me what it means. But I have, ha- I have heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. Verse 16 says, it is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Come on, this, this is huge because once again, he could have been like, I am the guy, you got the right guy right here. Put a crown on me, put everything on me. I can interpret everybody's dreams. But he doesn't even do it after being in prison and after being you know, in slavery and after being thrown in a cistern. He still doesn't call himself out and have pride in himself and what God's doing through him. He just simply gives credit where credit's due. He said, only the Lord can do it. He'll do it through me, but only the Lord can do it. So don't put that on me, right? So he gives honor and respect where it's due in the middle of the journey, in the middle of not having anything, in the middle of his dream not coming true. He didn't try to take advantage of that moment and go, yes, I can, right? That's big. It's big. Because in that moment, what he does, he's so truthful. What's the one thing he tells Pharaoh? Then he needs to appoint a new leader. All right, so in that story, he's telling him all these things about his dream and what, and I'm not gonna get into the dream because the dream deals with all the, you know, we're gonna have seven years of, of, of plenty and seven years of famine and starving and all this stuff. I'm not gonna get into that. He just says, you need to, what? You need to appoint a leader that can be over your land, that knows how to manage it. So in Genesis 41, let's go to 33 through 41. This is where it reads. I'm going to read all the way down through just so you have the, all the information here. And it says in verse 33, therefore Pharaoh, Pharaoh should find an intelligent, this is what he's telling him, find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one-fifth of all the crops during the seven good years, have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses, store it away and guard it so there will be food in the cities. That way, there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. First off, this is Joseph telling Pharaoh. This is not Joseph. This is God telling Joseph and Joseph telling Pharaoh. I mean, I I didn't read a whole bunch of Joseph understanding all that stuff. in his life and he was in prison and all this stuff. He wasn't really, I mean, it says he was in the field with his, you know, tending to sheep from his, and working for his brothers, but it doesn't say he understood all this stuff. So this is, this is prophetic. This is, this is the dream coming down and him interpreting the dream, telling him what he has to do. So Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man? So obviously filled with the spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. Only I sitting on my throne will have a rank higher than yours. So Joseph's rewarded for his character. 
his integrity, his willingness to listen to the Lord. And it was just a gift. God, God gave him the gift like, to interpret. God spoke through him, right? And he didn't take credit for it himself. That's huge, y'all. God wants to honor that. And he's like, I'm gonna honor that through you because you're not taking credit for everything. While you're going through a journey that is a narrow path and you're dealing with all the issues and everything going on. And Joseph's rewarded for that. Hmm. And it actually starts, that's where you start seeing the dream come to fulfillment. Cause you know, what does it say in his dream? In his dream, it said all his brothers and his family and everybody will bow down to him. Man, think of that. This is 22 years total from the time he got the dream to the time that he's being seated in the second position. 22 years of your life. And they're not pleasant years. It wasn't 22 years with his brothers joking about a dream every day or seeing progression. You know, it wasn't like he started in the mail room and now he's the, 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 the CEO and worked his way up and he could see promotions. This is him going, oh my gosh, every time I do what God tells me to do, I end up in a worse place. And when I'm in those places though, God's blessing them. God's doing stuff with him. So he had to keep the right mindset. He had to stay focused on the Lord the entire time. So that's where he, this is, I, I just like this part. So in Genesis 45, this is where he reveals himself to his brothers. Because I believe that, that he didn't have to do it this way. He could have easily been upset and frustrated. It says, please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that, was ravaged, that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. Oof. He knows where to give credit when it's due. Right? And, and here he is forgiving the ones. He, did, he didn't even want them to think that it was their fault. He said, God put me here and I'm good. I mean, come on, y'all, be real. <laughs> if your family sold you into slavery <laughs> and didn't talk to you for 22 years and they came to the door begging for food, <laughs> how are you gonna receive them? <laughs> I ain't lying, we're probably gonna fight. I mean, he messed with them a little bit. I mean, you see that he sends them away and plays with them and says, and puts his little silver cup with them. And he does all kinds of stuff to mess with them. But he ultimately reveals himself and says, don't worry. Don't worry, God did all this. He started to realize that no matter what happens in your life, if you start obeying God and walking with God, then guess what? His dreams that he gave you will come true and he'll get you through that. If you don't give up, if you don't take the easy path, if you don't take the wide path, if you take the narrow path and seek him with all of your heart and trust him and, and trust in what he's telling you to do, guess what? You will come out on the other end right where God wants you to be. And he'll change your heart in the process. And you won't be offended at other people. You'll actually be thankful for all that. It sounds like he's pretty thankful to me. Sounds like he's going, don't worry, guys. This was a setup. That's what it was. He said, man, this is just a setup. Gave all the glory to God. Mm. It's so easy to get caught up in our circumstances. Whew. 
and forget about what God's doing in the background. It's easy to look at our situation that we're currently in and say, oh, when's the door ever going to open? When's it going to change for us? You know, when are we going to get the house? When am I actually going to get the right job when all I'm trying to do is go through every day and I'm listening to the Lord? Well, as long as we're praising him and being thankful for what he's got us going through, those doors will still open and you can still walk through them. Just not everything feels great, right? But that's okay. Because 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Another great scripture. One you want to memorize, James. <laughs> James is like, I already got it memorized, man. I said it when you said it. <laughs> It says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. Come on. It doesn't say be thankful when you know that I'm doing something or be thankful when it's a good something. It says be thankful in all situations. In all situations, we can always be thankful. We can live in a constant state of thanksgiving. You really can. And I love it because when I was doing this, God just kept putting thanksgiving on me. And I'm like, Lord, it's Thanksgiving week. This is easy. It's not. Because <laughs> can you walk that out? Can you truly be thankful in every situation? We can't even do it on one day when it's the name of the day. We have a hard time being thankful on Thanksgiving. <laughs> When the whole world's supposed to be thankful, not really the whole world, not everybody celebrates it on the same day. But think about that. We have a hard time with that because we even complain when someone doesn't make the right food. <laughs> you're looking at ham and turkey and all this, you're like, man, I wish I had a burger. <laughs> man, just be thankful what's on the table, right? Just be thankful. Be thankful. Man. You know, yesterday started off I started yesterday morning off and I was in my back room and I was just worshiping and praying. And I said, Lord, remind me of some things. Like remind me of why I should be thankful. Remind me of stuff in my life that I might've forgotten. Like remind me of people who made an impact in my life that I might've forgotten about. And within five minutes, I get a text message from somebody I hadn't spoke to in two years. And all his message says was, I love you. I believe in you. I'm thinking about you. And I'm like, oh, I had not thought about them in two years. That's pretty crazy when you don't even think about somebody. This is like smack me right in the mouth. God says, oh, you don't, you don't remember this guy? Like, he was right beside you. You don't remember this guy? Like, come on, be thankful, right? So he reminded me to be thankful in a moment because it was just, man, I just, it shocks me when I think about that, that when you ask God to do something, he'll actually do it. Right? You want memories, he'll do it. And we, um, we were sitting at the house and it's funny, Jules comes out to my back room. She's like, I don't know who's here. It's this young couple walking up. I've never seen them before. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I'm like, we'll figure it out. And I walk up and the guy goes, hey, you know, and he explains himself as my name's Blue. And they used to live, we bought our house from them, from his parents. And this was, uh, 12 years ago, or no, 10 years ago. 10 years ago, we bought our house. Um, this is a thankful moment because God, look, this is all happening like in the same time frame, And I'm like, oh, wow, like you're gonna bring me back. His parents 
owned the house and sold it to us. They didn't have to sell us the house. We were in a lease, two years out of a three-year lease because we were military. We didn't plan on staying. Found this house. We had done a short sale on a house in another state, so we couldn't buy a house for three years. We were two years into it, so we had to wait another year, but we're looking for a house. We find their house. No one's lived there for two years. And I'm like, let's just talk to them. Maybe they'll rent it for a year and then we'll buy the house, right? And so we talked to them and they're very, uh, they're pastors. And we made a promise with them that if they let us use the house and if they rent it to us, well, one, we'll buy it in a year as soon as we can because we had the money and we had all the stuff we needed. We just had to follow the rules of the land. And we said, and we'll use it for ministry. And I'm thinking small groups because at the time we just attended church. I wasn't on staff. We were like, like, I'm just like, we just go to this church, but I promise you we can do small groups out here. Like, if you just do this, I promise you the Lord will use this house, right? And they're very amazing, just an amazing family. And they make the deal with us. And his wife is an amazing woman who we met at the closing table and blesses us tremendously um, with, I told her how much we could pay for rent. And I think it was like $1,500. And she says, we only need 750 and I'm like, you're not understanding me. I need, like, I can pay you $1,500 a month. She's like, we only need $750. Like the house has been sitting empty for two years. And I'm like, what a blessing, right? So she blesses us tremendously. The house blesses our family tremendously. Through that house, like I think is anointed. <laughs> we, we come into ministry where we're, now we're pastors in ministry and our house is used all the time for ministry. Well, this kid shows up because he was 10 years old when they left. And they used to have his name engraved all over the place and everything all over the place. And he, he brought his wife. They just got married two months ago. He wanted to show her where he lived. And we're walking around and he's almost in tears as he's remembering growing up there because he lived there his whole life up to that, till they left. And we had this moment, I had, I had everything, like stuff that they left that I gave him. I'm like, here, put that in your car. You know, I'm like, but I started talking about his mom and I, because we saw a pear tree outside that his mom planted when it was little and it's huge now and these pears are, falling off from it. And he's just weeping. He goes, I think it's too much information, but my mom died. And I said, well, I know your mom died because the people that we were friends with knew you guys, but, I've, but his mom died like within a couple of years of us living in the house. And she was tremendous. She got a rare case of cancer that took her down. So I just got to sit there for a moment and be thankful for his family, but bless him with stories of what his mom did in our family, right? And this kid's weeping in our yard. He doesn't even know us. Like he's just floored and he's, he's just, he's walking around our house, taking pictures. We're like, man, there's decorations everywhere. We're trying to decorate, you know, when Christmas throws up in your house. So what happens after Thanksgiving? So we're like, just avoid everything, man. And he's like taking pictures. We're like, we can send you pictures when the house is like, cause it's changed. We've changed a lot of the house. I felt bad cause some of the stuff that was on the wall, we had just for years, we just changed it like about a year and a half ago. We had all their sizes inscripted on the wall and everything that we, um, and his name carved in places. So it was, he got to come back. So God answered my request with a kid showing up at my house, reminiscing about his mom and walking around the property and just, man, just remembering and being thankful. And I'm going, Lord, you're just killing me today. Like what else could you possibly do today to make me remember how thankful we are for people that just stepped up in moments? Like it's 10 years ago. And you, I forget about the things God did in the past. You know, it's the journey. I forget about the little things in the journey where God just kind of showed up and said, just trust me on this one. 
Like, go ask them if you can rent it. I'm like, oh, we got to get out of a lease over here and have favor there. And then these guys have to give us favor to get in the house. And, and you want to say no, because you're like, Lord, that doesn't make any sense. And he's like, just do it. I got this. And he does it. And then you tend to forget sometimes, but God's like, I've always been there. I've always been part of the process. Mm. So we can go on and on. I mean, I have so much stuff that, you know, I've said every week I wanted to share something with you about another dream God gave us because it's, it's important that we continue to share the dreams of what God gave this family, what God gave this house. And last week I talked about the property and the schools and the, all the stuff that God put on our heart and said, this will happen, right? The visions he gave me. Um, so what, what I wanted to bring back up this week is, is another vision he gave me about, and you, some of you, if you were here, you will remember this. Anybody remember the tiny house village? Mm, good. It's only a couple people. I was reminded last week by somebody else that said, you remember God's dream about the tiny house village? And I was like, oh my gosh, that is correct. So to kind of share with you, God showed us and showed me our family, this family running a tiny house village, but we were actually, we opened up a place where homeless and unfortunate families that needed a place to stay had a place to stay. So it was like a homeless village, but it wasn't just let's give you a place to live. They were being equipped and trained, they were getting education, they were getting necessities, food and water, but they were also getting, we had free dental and free medical. There was a big fellowship hall in the middle where we would gather and we would have services and they were being equipped and actually sent back out to do ministry. So God says, I'm gonna take the people that have nothing, I'm gonna bring them to you. You're gonna equip them and show them how good I am. And then we're gonna send them back out and tell other people that God is really, really good, right? And this is a big village. And I'm like, wow, Lord, I can't believe it. Because it was just, I have the whole map in my head. I can see it so vividly, all the houses around this thing in the middle. And when I shared that story, I had several doctors, uh, people that I knew that came up and said, hey, we're willing. Like we can, we can do whatever. And I was like, okay, it's coming. It's coming. So I got really excited. I even had a guy come up and say, hey, I got all this property. What do I do with it? And I'm like, you really want to know what you can do with it? <laughs> I was like, we can build, like, let's do this. And then, and he actually, but here's the thing, you know, sometimes God will put things in, in front of you that look like it's the answer, but it's not the answer. Because God put a guy in front of me that owned a lot of property. And when I shared the tiny home village with him, because remember I said, sometimes you got to share and sometimes you don't want to share. <laughs> he took that and he flipped the dream. He goes, man, I can build houses here. I can do full houses and I can do houses for missionaries to come in. And I was like, whoa. This wasn't about housing missionaries. And he goes, I can even build you a church. I'm like, this is not about that. That wasn't the dream. The dream was tiny houses and a fellowship hall and us pouring into people and loving on people, letting them encounter the love of God they've never experienced before, getting saturated, right, in this area and then going out to do ministry. So guess what? That relationship just, God took it away. I could have bid on that one. Uh, trust me, I was excited about it. You ever had somebody come to you and say, I want to build you a church? <laughs> You're like, really? Brand new? He's like, we can put a brand new one right here. And I'm like, man, that sounds like a great thing. But guess what it did? I think, Kevin, you reminded me of that. I don't know if it was you. It might've been you. I'm going to give you credit. <laughs> that wasn't the vision God gave me about this church. 
he gave me the vision here. He showed me everything I shared last week. He showed me here where this guy wanted to build a church wasn't here. And I'm like, hmm. So sometimes the enemy will come in and try to entice you and lure you away from what God's trying to do. And sometimes you want to jump on that. You want to take what? The wide road, the wide path, right? The wide gate. Everybody else would say, absolutely, let's go. Brand new church, all this land. Hmm. The narrow path says, Lord, you showed me a vision and I'm going to sit it out. And I don't care how close we have to go to, 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 to squeaking by to make sure everything's taken care of. Lord, we're gonna get through this and we're gonna believe and we're gonna trust and we're gonna obey. And if you said you wanna do it, then you'll do it, right? But it's not our timing, it's his. We gotta remember that. And it's so easy to get off path and do something that's, uh, that's not his idea in the first place. Hmm. So yeah, I wanted to share the tiny house village because that thing there was something that he put on my heart. He even set up people for me to talk to that run some of those things. And uh, it's not that you forget about it, but guess what? You, you get these dreams, you write them down, you think about them. And then when they don't start to happen, you gotta keep them stored. But you, if you, we don't share like this, because I believe everybody's in here for a reason. There could be something inside of you that that just perks up and you're like, whoa, what? Yeah, what a great idea. But if I'm not talking about that, if I'm not sharing that, you don't hear that and, and God's already told you, but now there's no connection. See how that works? So I've got to share these things and sometimes you'll go, that's redundant. We've heard that story. Yeah, good. Good, because someone else needs to hear the story because God's dreams and God's visions are bigger than we can ever imagine. You know, <laughs> it goes back to the story when uh, Sarah came to me, we were trying to buy the property. I shared this, I think a couple months ago, but we were trying to buy the property. And the number one thing was we needed to raise $45,000. And so I was doing a big give Sunday where I said, guys, we need to buy the property. We need $45,000, which we got by the way, in two weeks. But either way, Sarah comes to me and goes, hey, I need $10,000 to do online. And I'm like, huh? She goes, yeah, we need $10,000 to make sure our online services are are perfect and awesome and better because our online service was not. And I'm like, I cannot go to a congregation that I'm asking for $45,000 to buy property and tell them we need to put $10,000 into our online services. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. So I said, no, until that Sunday morning. And when I went up on stage to talk about that, I said, we have two giving suggestions. And I mentioned the online thing. And I said, we need $10,000 to do the online stuff. And somebody met me in the foyer with a $10,000 check and said, God told me to write you a check. He told me weeks ago to invest in the online services. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. You know, but I could have, it's the decisions we make on the journey that I could have easily said, that's too much. That's too much of a burden to put on people. When God put it on their heart weeks prior to that. And you know what happened directly after that? We got all the stuff in, got it set up. COVID hit, COVID hit and nobody could meet. And we had an amazing online service. Like, tell me God doesn't know what he's doing. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like we, we were running at that time, a couple services. I mean, we didn't like online services. I'm like, we got people, I'm, I'm thinking military. We got people overseas watching all the time. I'm like, this is great, but they're watching already. <laughs> like, 
why do I have to improve our online services right now when we're trying to buy property? And God's like, trust me, you're going to want a better online service in about a month. <laughs> so we literally got everything done. And next thing you know, you know, the city came in or the state came in and said, you can't meet for a month. And I was like, that's okay. Cause we got an amazing online service now. <laughs> I was like, come on. So you can't make this stuff up. God is really good and he'll give us dreams. He'll give us, he didn't give me that dream. Guess who he gave that to? Somebody else. And their job was to just tell me. And then I had to make a decision. I had to believe in that and believe that if God put that on her heart, that I'm supposed to share that or say no. I told somebody this morning, I said, don't ask to become a pastor. <laughs> it's a lot of weight on your shoulders when you have to walk up here and speak to people, but also convey what God's trying to say. Because he would have been like, seriously, man. I could imagine having that conversation with him after the fact. When I was complaining, I can't believe we had to shut down and then we couldn't do this. And <laughs> he'd have been like, dude, I gave you everything you needed and you said no. Ah, that's not a conversation I want to have. Because of that, guys, we kept open and we, we, we were not bothered by COVID. We never had a big breakout in here. I mean, our church was just blessed. It is also because we were told to walk seven times around this building and all this property. Remember that? Who remembers that? Does anybody remember that? Walking seven times. Like, who does that on a Sunday morning? When someone calls you and said, God said you're supposed to walk around your building seven times. It's going to protect us from something. And I'm like, the whole building or the property? <laughs> He's like, the property. So we show up and I'm like, follow me. <laughs> and the elders and trustees and staff, we start walking around the whole property. And I was like seven times. And we had worship music playing and, I, and we're just worshiping as we're going. And by the time we got around, we had the, like, I, I met the other end because everybody that showed up just got out and started doing what we were doing. So we had this big thing going around this building. And then after that COVID hit and we were protected from, oh, I'm telling you, like, we got to remember stuff like that. This stuff isn't coincidence. And then when you forget about it, you forget the journey and you forget everything God's been doing. And the whole point of that is to understand that he's going to take care of us even in the future. He's in control. If we say yes and obey and, and just say yes to what he wants us to do and go all in, he's in control and he'll take care of us. Oh, is that good? <laughs> you guys good with this this morning? Okay. I think that's enough. I just don't want you to ever, let's play. <laughs> um, this is one of these mornings, I don't get it. I just have nothing else. He just shuts me off. He just wants you to know that no dream's too big. You don't put a cap on your own dream. If, if God gave you a dream, if you know it's what you're supposed to do, man, don't stop. Pursue it with all your heart. Pursue it with everything you have. Seek him first, right? Worship him, man thank him, be thankful in everything we're doing. That thankfulness will bring peace. I'm telling you, this is the key to a lot of this is being thankful for everything he did in the past. And then that gives you the peace, the ability, the comfort to go further and to trust him. But remembering these things, come on, man. It just, so I'm telling you these things about our family. I told you things about my family. What's happening in your family? When have you taken a step back, got rid of the situations that you're in and you're going through and said, Lord, what have you done? Start remembering what he's done in your life. Start remembering how he showed up in times when you thought nobody else could show up. We forget those moments. Man, fall into that moment. Remember those moments. Celebrate those moments. Don't forget those moments. Share those moments because when you are going through a hard time, you're gonna have to lean on something. 
And it's gonna be your faith and understanding of who he is and how much he loves you and how much he wants to walk through it with you. And he doesn't want you to fall apart. He just wants you to trust him. And that's hard. Let's stand to our feet. Um, oh yeah, we got a... I always forget about giving. So yeah, we're gonna have an opportunity. Um, before we leave, I'm just gonna give you all the opportunities. You need prayer. I want you to seek out our prayer partners. They'll be at the crosses on either side of the room. Um, maybe there's some stuff you need to work through. Maybe, maybe you were the one that I was speaking to in the beginning where God said you felt like you lost yourself. Maybe that's what it is. And maybe you need reassurance and you need people to pray with you through that uh, and encourage you to walk through that. So there's an opportunity before you leave to make sure you get prayer. And maybe it's just an opportunity to give. You know, I believe sometimes God just gives us stuff and gives us opportunities for people to be part of what he wants to do. He's gonna do it. I love that. I love that he goes, I'm gonna do it. Trust me. But he gives us an opportunity to be part of that. He says, I'm that good that I don't wanna do this alone. Man, I want you to have stake in this. I want you to be part of this. I want you to have a legacy in this and what you do. So um, that's what our giving's all about. I, you know, I, I talked about giving last week uh, briefly. So I don't usually talk about giving. Um, but I, well, I said it last week and most people give for a couple different reasons. And one is out of honor. It's just out of honor. They want to honor God because he's done so much in their life. That's why you give. It has nothing to do with percentages and all that stuff. All has to do with what he's done for you and you being a cheerful giver and giving back and honoring him for what he's done. Because there's a lot of people that will watch this online. There's a lot of people that tune in. There's a lot of people that do that. And you, know, and you can honor that any way you feel fit. You can give online, you can, you can do those things. You don't have to be here to do that. Some people give because of vision. Because God put it on their heart and we linked a vision, we linked a dream and they wanna be part of that. So when people hear that, they wanna give to that. They wanna see what God can do because God already gave them the resources and the ability to do it and even spoke to them about it. And they just hadn't found the right place to do that. So if God spoke to you about that and you wanna be part of that, then that's a way to do it. It's just through giving to vision. And the other one is a need. People give when there's a need. And we're really good at this in our family, giving to a need. So when there's a need to help people, man, we just love to bless people. So, so when I talk about giving, that's the way I talk about it. I'm never gonna twist somebody's arm. I'm gonna tell you, if you give, be a cheerful giver. And if you can't be cheerful, then give it somewhere else. Um, but there you go. Get excited about that, Mike. I love when you get excited. Come on. So anyway, I just wanna pray us out today. Uh, our offering baskets are up here. If you wanna give this morning, you wanna be part of what God's doing, then you can come be part of that. Because that's a whole nother level of faith when I talk about giving. Because sometimes the honor that God wants you to give is way beyond what your pocketbook has, what your pocket can carry. And you gotta trust him. Trusting God with your finances is usually the hardest thing for anybody to do. 
But he's good, man. He's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of everything in this house. He's going to take care of everything in your house if we trust him first. So, Father, right now, Ah, we just submit today to you. I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I thank you for this family. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the visions and dreams. And Father, don't let us forget the journey, Lord. Don't let us forget what you brought us out of in the first place and what you plan on doing with us, Lord. No matter what we're going through, no matter our situation, our circumstances, Lord, I ask you to bless this, bring favor upon this, cover us through this. Father, we surrender to you. I ask you to touch every heart in this room, Father. Strengthen their faith in this, Lord. Ah, come on, give us courage, Father, to trust you. Courage to to, to walk this out with zero fear, zero anxiety. Just all love and trust in you. So, Father, we just ask you to bless the people here, Lord. Pick up the pieces. For those that have some broken pieces, Lord, I know you can put them back together. So we ask you, you just, man, when they get put back together, they're welded back together. They're made stronger than they ever were. So Father, touch the hearts in this room. Remind us to be thankful. Remind us to be thankful for everything you've done. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Guys, don't forget next week is uh, Baptism Sunday. So if that's your next step in faith, uh, sign up online, let us know. There you can go to the app, you can go to the website. Let us know you wanna get baptized because we get you a shirt and stuff. So it helps with that process. Other than that, be blessed. I love you all. I look forward to seeing y'all next week. I'm excited about what God's doing. Come on, be blessed. Amen. Go home. (laughs) As long as you wanna stay.